Well, Kevin Durant has requested a trade. It's not very often in any sport that you see a top five player in the league at that point request a trade with four years left on his deal, but here we are. It's been about two weeks since the trade request, and nobody's biting. Nobody's sending out their big offer. Nobody is sending out a cry for help. And to me, this is interesting. You have an entire league that is petrified by a Brooklyn Nets Boston Celtics scenario where Brooklyn gave up lots and lots of draft picks and assets that eventually turned into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown into a not very good team and instantly became mediocre. I just don't think NBA teams are willing to give up the amount of assets anymore now. And if they do, I think they're very either one side or the other. I think NBA teams are kind of falling into a societal issue nowadays is people are very on two different extremes of the spectrum in any aspect of life. Nobody wants to just be halfway into something. They want to either make their point that, hey, for this case, I will trade every draft pick I have, like the Timberwolves did with Rudy Gobert, which was a trade that was kind of demolished all over Twitter. I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I probably wouldn't have given up that many assets too, but hey, I don't know. I think in some circumstances it works. I think Minnesota is a team that wants to be good, and that holds value in the NBA. And I think teams are showing you that. Teams like the Raptors, teams like the Suns. It's not necessarily, hey, let's go all in for two high-level years of Kevin Durant, and then after that we'll see. Because what if we trade for Kevin Durant and we're not good? And I think, honestly, some of this has to do with the success in Brooklyn. When LeBron came to the Lakers, it was a narrative that whatever team LeBron goes to, it's going to at least be a championship contender no matter what. That was a huge narrative at the time. Um, you know, when the Brooklyn Nets were bad, people were saying, oh, well, LeBron could go to the Nets and make them a championship contender, or at least the high playoff seed and all that. And that's not really true. Um, he went to the Lakers and they missed the playoffs two of the four years he's been there. However, it's just very interesting to see the market on a guy like Kevin Durant with four years left on his deal. And I understand he's had some injury problems and this and that, and he's 34, but I don't think Kevin Durant's game necessarily relies on any amount of athleticism or bounce, you know, to succeed. So I think Kevin Durant should, should still be performing at a high level into his late 30s, but I understand the concern. I kind of treat it the same way as LeBron, where, I mean, as LeBron's, you know, biggest fan, it feels like, in the state of Missouri, and also was a huge Lakers fan in the state of Missouri, I I find myself almost having to tell people that, like, hey, guys, this LeBron guy, he is, he's not the same. Uh, as much as I love him, he's not the same player. Uh, and it's hard to say that, because the guy just averaged 30 points a game. But his production will always be high level, however... When it comes to their impact on winning, it feels like guys like Kevin Durant and LeBron James are a little bit behind where they used to be. And that's okay. They're, anybody going past the age of 34, it's a success that you're still in the league. So it's no shot, but that's just the case of it. I mean, guys like Kevin Durant and LeBron James do not move the needle for you like they did in leagues before, where the talent wasn't as deep, teams weren't as smart. And every guy couldn't play every fucking position. The gap is just thinner now, and teams aren't willing to give up 
a chest full of assets if that means we're not even going to make the finals in a year or two even with Kevin Durant, and then what was this whole thing for? However, with that all being said, I have about five teams on my list here that I would like to go over, go over some of their trade packages. Let's try to figure out where Kevin Durant could go. Because I'm an NBA fan. I like I like players being on new teams. I do, I'm sorry, I like it. It's fun. It makes the offseason fun. Now, does it make the regular season a little weird and confusing sometimes? Sure, but hey. I'm here for the drama. The NBA is a reality TV show that dudes can watch. I would first like to start off with the Phoenix Suns. Now this trade is a little bit more complicated because of the DeAndre Ayton situation, going to the Pacers and not going to the Pacers. Um, really weird situation there in Phoenix. Um, personally, I'll touch on that real quick. I think it's a little weird. I think it's weird to, for a year and a half, say, hey, uh, we don't think you're at this value. We don't think you're this. We don't think you're that. Um, and then at literally the last second be like, okay, and I understand from a Phoenix standpoint, it's like, okay, what were their options? So I kind of get it, but it is a little weird to think that the Phoenix Suns weren't prepared for something else to come up. I, I just don't, I don't know what the other option was. Um, from seeing this DeAndre Aiden situation, it kind of seems like if they didn't have to pay him, they didn't want to, but if somebody was going to, you know, test them about it, then they're going to obviously because what other options do they have? It's just weird to me that they didn't... It felt like the Suns weren't ready for that as a possibility. Um, and why wouldn't a team like the Pacers throw $33 million at them for a year, or for every four years? Um, so, I mean, I don't know. But I think with this Kevin Durant situation and how it really might bleed into the season, it also might not. I, I, I am a firm believer that Kyrie is definitely not going to be on the team in the season. It seems like KD might. It seems like KD might be on the Nets um, for the regular season just because he's got four years left on his deal and that I think his situation compared to Kyrie's is completely different. Um, so, with that being said, let's at least put out a trade package for middle of the season, the moment DeAndre Aiden becomes available. What would that look like? Well, I'd say it's a pretty good package. You get DeAndre Aiden, you get Mikel Bridges, you get three first-round picks and two first-round swaps. I'm also taking all of the trade packages, or at least most of them, that I'm getting from the Ringers uh, website because they got they got good trade packages on here. And um, yeah, so so yeah, uh, shout out to the Ringer. I'm just copping their trade. Do I think that's the best package they could possibly get? No. However, it again, we don't really know where this market's going right now, and. I think it. I think it works for both teams. The Suns look. Whatever you trade for Kyrie Irving, it's not. It's going to be pennies on the dollar, but it's something. You know, it kind of seems like this Kyrie situation could lead to Russell Westbrook being on the Spurs uh, if that three-team deal kind of facilitates. But whatever assets you get from the Kyrie trade, it is still an asset. Alongside DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, and three first. I think it's a lot better. I mean, it's kind of the best of both worlds of what you got out of the Celtics situation uh, for Brooklyn. Um, because you do get win-now players, but you also get the draft capital. Um, and again, I just think the Nets have to look at the situation as, are we going to be in a better position after Kyrie and Katie got here than w when, where we were before? And I think they still are. You know, this is the thing about 
oh, well, you know, this entire Kyrie Katie situation was a mess. I mean, it was. Um, but however, before you got Katie and Kyrie, you made the playoffs once and it was a success. Um, I think, you know, and that was that team guaranteed to get back there next year? I don't think they were. Um, so either way, I think you can't look at this signing Katie and Kyrie as a huge mistake because I still think they still gain a net positive out of out of all this. Um, anyway, side tangent. I think it's a pretty good deal for the Suns um, because we're getting Kevin Durant and hey, a team with CP, D Book, and Kevin Durant. Sheesh. Um, however, it is risky. It is it is pretty risky. Mikel Bridges does just not having Mikel takes a lot out of your out of your wing defense and also. I don't know. I, I think if CP has a dip off next year, if now I will say D book would love to play with a guy like KD because KD can still play a little defense, not as much as he did in his more, you know, his more prime years, but he can still play a little wing defense. Um, CP can still lock down even at his old age as well. So they would still be a good defensive team. They would be an amazing offensive team. That offense would be insane and they would be a contender for the next three years in the NBA. Um, the thing is, though, if you don't win in those three years, what, why make the trade? I just think, I think anybody questioning this trade for the Suns, I don't think it's a question for the Suns. I guess it's more of a question for Brooklyn. However, I don't think that's a bad package. I don't. I know it's Kevin Durant. I know he's got four years left in this deal. Who cares? This is a situation you've been brought, so, and you wouldn't be a bad team. It's not like Kevin Durant's leaving you in free agency. Anyways, anyways. Let's move on to the Raptors, and this is, I'm not going to lie, I think this is one of the most interesting packages that you could give. Now, again, big philosophy question here. I'll just throw out the trade package first. Um, it would ha- it w- This is what it would have to be. Um, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, and Gary Trent Jr., or um, you could do Pascal, Anobi, uh, and then multiple first-round picks and some swaps. Um I don't know the specifics on the picks. I, I don't like giving specifics on picks and trade packages because that's such a shot in the dark. Um, so we'll just say picks, multiple first rounders. Um, in my opinion, I think that's that's the, the Nets' best package. Um, you get OG, you get Gary, you know, win now players, um, and then you get Scotty. I it, I'm kind of looking at the Scotty trade more so than the Pascal Siakam trade. Um, I know the Nets are going to want Pascal and Scotty. I'm sorry, that's not happening. That's not happening. Because, again, teams understand that being guaranteed to have a young star for the next 15 years holds a lot of value over a guy that could be worse than Scotty Barnes in three years. You know, I mean, that might be... I mean, it sounds like a lot right now, but who knows? Who knows? Scotty Barnes could be one of the best players in the league in a couple years and Kevin Durant could, you know, fall off slightly and here we are, we're saying why did we even make this trade for Kevin Durant? I think this trade for the Raptors is important on how they execute this because what makes the Raptors that championship contender with Kevin Durant would be the size and length and defense around him with the pretty free-flowing offense that Nick Nurse runs Um, that would be fantastic but you can't gut everything to get KD, and that's what makes this situation so delicate. Um, I think if you're trading Scotty, OG, and Gary Trent, you still have a lot of your wing um, 
your wing depth and your d defense. And I think you still have the identity of what the Raptors are adding Kevin Durant, even with that trade. Um, I mean, I would much rather, if you're throwing Pascal, Anobi, and multiple first-round picks, I would love that. I don't think the Nets really care a lot about Pascal. I know he was NBA third team. I'm pretty sure he was third team. I could look that up on my computer, but I'm just not going to. Um, Anobi and multiple firsts, I mean, that would be fantastic, but Scotty Barnes is looking like that guy. Um, so you would kind of, I think that's the ideal package there. Um, and I think it works for the Raptors. Again, they kind of have to thread the needle here and hope that the, the market drops down a little bit. And are they willing to give up Scotty? I don't know. Um, and I wouldn't blame him if they didn't. I, I am not in the camp of yes or no on Scotty Barnes. Um, what I am in the camp of is if a team says that, hey, we want to be pretty good for 15 years. And again, everybody knows that pretty good <laughs> means that you can be really good. And that sounds so that sounds so redundant and obvious. Um, if you're kind of good, then you can be really good. But I think, ironically, the team like the Raptors with DeRozan and Kawhi should be the prime example of NBA teams and really NFL teams in any sport trying to win at all times. Because the moment you become slightly good and okay is the moment you can get to that next level. Um, so, I went on a tangent there, but... I wouldn't blame the Raptors for saying no to a Scotty Barnes deal. However, me personally, I think I would do it. All right, uh, let's move on to the Grizzlies. A little, little interesting there. Very interesting um, idea here because, man, the Grizzlies are also in a situation where it's like, man, we won 56 games. John Morant was in his third year in the league, if I'm correct. Yeah, third year. So, goddamn, dude. I mean, they won 56 games. They, I mean, have a lot of young talent. And the thing is, is this trade wouldn't gut the identity of their team. So let's get to the trade. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a must. I mean, that's kind of a start to this trade. Dylan Brooks, three fir future first. Um, and then, you know, the, the ringer has at least two unprotected, three swaps, a lifetime supply of barbecue. Funny enough. Um, but for real, also, dude, case, I'm sorry, but... If we're talking barbecue, like I don't even like barbecue that much, and I think it's overrated. I do. But if we are going to discuss barbecue, it has to be Kansas City. I'm sorry, but whatever. Um, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't hate this for the Nets. I just don't think you get enough of both. Like I know you get three future first, but if Kevin Durant is on the fucking Grizzlies, then those first-round picks are going to be terrible. I'm sorry, they just are. Uh, and John Morant and Kevin Durant... Man, what what a, what a tandem of names that would be. Also, um, John and Kevin would be such a dynastic. I mean, one of the most dynastic duos. And Steph and KD were a dynastic duo in their own right. And I, if you're gonna say that they're the best duo of all time, that's the correct answer. Um, but in a different way, John Moran and Kevin Durant would be so much more fun to watch because they wouldn't be, you know the odds-on favorites to just fucking sweep the entire playoffs and win the title. Um, so I, I really like that. I like, I think Kevin Durant to the Grizzlies is what the NBA needs. Um, similar to the Suns, I would like that for the Suns. I just think the Grizzlies are so much more likable right now. And John Morant is such, such a young, awesome, likable star in the league. Um, fun to watch. Great guy. All of it. Um, so 
and I think Kevin Durant would be okay in a city like Memphis. Um, just because, I don't know, we've seen him go to the coast, and we see seen him go to the other coast, and it seemed like he was unhappy in both places. Um, so, you know, you can chill out in a, low, in a chill Grizzlies, you know, press room. Uh, there's not going to be Warriors fans sitting there saying, this isn't your team. And they're not going to be sitting here and saying, this is a Jaws team over you. You know, it's like Kevin Durant has so much more oomph uh, of legacy over Jaws that I think it, it wouldn't feel like, oh, dude, Ja Morant's taken over. Um, so anyways, um, I think that would be a great pairing. Uh, and I think it's a good trade. I don't know how the Nets really feel about that package gonna be honest so that's kind of the only loophole in this but again a lot of these trades are kind of banking on the fact that things are the nets are gonna be have to get a little less greedy i'm not saying they're greedy um i shouldn't be saying that but you know they're they're gonna have to kind of dial back the expectations um but again understandably so like i understand why they're saying hey this is kevin durant on a four-year deal we want the whole chest we want the whole chest of assets. We want all your players. I get it. But I, don't, I just don't think you're getting that right now. Um, the only reason you, you could get that for a guy like AD or someone is because he was 26, 27 at the time. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's a completely different situation. Um, anyway, so Grizzlies is a really fun idea there. I'm liking that. Uh, again, if I had to choose any of these teams, honestly, that would be the team I chose. And again, I like Jaron Jackson, but like, is he moving the needle for you? He's not. No, he's not. Um, so, let's move on to another really fun idea. I like this as well. Uh, not as much as the other one, but it's a little spunky. Um, and it would mean two star, but two bona fide stars are moving, uh, which is always fun. So, the Celtics would, very ironically, be giving Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice, and as many picks and swaps as necessary to Brooklyn. <laughs> which, again, if... You know everything about the... I've mentioned this trade a million times in this video, but it's it's one of the most infamous trades in NBA history, so... Um, but sending Jalen Brown back to Brooklyn after those... You know, he was one of the picks that they sent for Paul Pierce. I mean, it would really tie a whole knot and bow on this uh, on this whole saga for, the, for Brooklyn. It really would. Um, so, obviously, I, I think... I. This all is dependent on how many picks they're getting back and how long in the future they are because this is my thing with these Kevin Durant picks. They cannot be within the next three years. Those are useless because, hey, they have Kevin Durant now, so obviously their picks aren't going to be as nearly as good. Um, so, and look, you get a bona fide star in Jalen Brown. Um, Grant Williams is also a pretty solid role player. Um, Daniel Tice is there for cap reasons, so useless in this trade but uh you're you're getting a star you're getting picks again i don't know which picks and what all that would entail but i like the idea for for the celtics now this is the one thing the one thing um kevin durant losing to boston in the postseason and going to boston would be uh quite yeah, uh, not great. I want to say not great for his legacy. However, who even knows anymore what legacy is and what Kevin Durant cares about legacy and what he defines as legacy and all this bullshit. I don't, I I just think we, we found that he does not give a shit. 
um, necessarily about the optics of his legacy. Um, as long as he, he he obviously wants to be in a winning situation and wants to be known as an NBA champion that you know did start something. But at the end of the day, I think Kevin Durant basically just wants to hoop. Um, so sending him to the Celtics, yeah, it would be bad optics. Um, but also that team would that team would be so good. I mean, you would you would only be giving up Jalen, Grant Williams, and Daniel Thais. Got it. That means they would still have Marcus Smart. They would still have Derek White. They would still have Malcolm Brogdon. They would still have Al Horford. They would still have Robert Williams. All the guys that made them who they were in the postseason. And then you're just swapping out Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, which is a more consistent score. Uh, and really, I think Kevin Durant would slide perfectly into the Celtic system. I think he could play very LeBron defense in this stage of his career where, hey, you see LeBron pick it up at moments and you see it in spots. I think you could see that with Kevin Durant. Um, this is great. I love this idea. Um, again, not as much as the Grizzlies, but the Celtics is fun, and I think basketball-wise, it really, really fits. Um, another team the Ringer brought up, which I'm not, I'm not too confident that the package here is really n- enough, but it's an idea. Um, it's the Atlanta Hawks, which they'd have to kind of gut their team. But in my opinion, I, I just don't think, like, who cares, you know, for, for Atlanta. At least, again, it's all situational. Um, Atlanta doesn't have this, you know, rising, deep, young core. I mean, it's really Trey Young and now DeJounte Murray, which is fantastic um, for them. But, again, does anybody see this team anywhere past a conference championship or a conference appearance? I don't see it. And again, in a conference appearance where it would be similar to their last one where it's like, eh, you made it there. And I mean, they actually did make that a pretty good series, but I don't know. I just, I just don't believe in the Hawks to do anything major. Um, but if you get Kevin Durant, that all changes. Um, so let's roll out the package. Um, you get John Collins, you get Clint Capella, you get Bogdan Bogdanovich, you get, and then the ringer has the 20, their 2023 and 2029 first round picks, whatever swaps aren't nailed down, we're already headed to San Antonio, which, yeah, uh, that the San Antonio trade for DeJounte makes this a lot more complicated. Um, however, I still think it's a trade that you could pull off if the market just gets dry and shit, I don't know, maybe Sean Marks has a couple of cocktails late at night and he's like, hey, sending Kevin Durant to Atlanta would be kind of fun. It's a booming city. KD would look pretty dope in a Hawks jersey. Not gonna lie. Trey Young and KD would be spectacular alongside DeJounte Murray, who could just cover up all of Trey Young's mistakes on defense. Um, I'm liking it. I'm liking the Hawks as well. Um, That is a fun idea. However, is the package there? I don't know. Um, but again, that is the question with every single trade here. Except the one team that I am about to bring up, which I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to do it. The Golden State Warriors. Um, this is pretty doomsday scenario for NBA fans. We are slapping the red panic button. Um, nobody wants this. However, I'm just here to tell you the facts. The Warriors sending a package of Wiggins, Kaminga, Wiseman, and Picks is the best package. It just is. Now, again, somebody could, some, some random team could come out and offer some trade package that I'm not necessarily thinking of right now, but as of right now, looking at the landscape of things, 
Wiggins, Kaminga, Wiseman, and picks. I think that's your best package, besides maybe Jalen Brown and picks, right? And and it depends. And maybe Scotty Barnes. I don't know. That's also a good one, but it, it makes sense. It makes sense for Brooklyn. Um, they're getting what you know win now players with Wiggins and you know with I think Kaminga will be soon, very soon a win now player. I love Kaminga. Um, his game reminds me very much of Jalen Brown. I'm a little bit more of an athletic slasher than Jalen Brown is more of a athletic shot creator um, that can slash pretty well. But um, Kaminga's great. And again, Wiseman. People are so quick to give up on people like this, and it's like, guys, all right. As a 20-year-old, he didn't come into the NBA and dominate, and he dealt with some injury issues. Um, you know, fuck, man. I, I, give him some time. Um, it's it's not like, again, it's not like he's been on the court and it's just been god-awful the entire two years that he's been in the league. He just has been a little inconsistent and hasn't been able to play much. And again, he got put into a system like the Warriors, where the center is kind of nullified into a, you know, Draymond Green, hey, man, I'm going to hit you... I'm going to hit Steph with some backdoor screens. And, you know, it's a lot more of an intricate offense for a young rookie to learn, especially at the center position, because the center position is, for the Warriors, has always been such a unique player um, ever since the Steph Curry era. It just has. Um, so I think that's a really hard position to just come in and fill. Um, and you really see that the, the Warriors only trust a guy like Draymond to do it for long periods of extended, you know, playoff minutes. Um, they only trust the one guy that's really been there. So, yeah. And look, does Kevin Durant, is it, is it ter absolutely terrible optics for him to go back to Golden State? It is. It's so bad. I, I, I couldn't, I really couldn't, I, that's kind of what makes this trade just unbelievable to me, is I could not see the optics of Kevin Durant <laughs> after they not only did last time, they were 73-9, and nine, and they, like, almost won the championship. This time they would like literally be the champions, and I don't know. I just I think that would be the day that any amount of respect that any basketball fan could have for Kevin Durant would be thrown out the fucking window. I mean, it just would. I and that that's what the thing is, and I and I'm sorry, Kevin, that I think there's a huge media narrative that hey man, like you guys were mad that he went to Golden State, and then you were mad that he went to Brooklyn, and and then it didn't work out, and it's like, all right, well, like, what do you want him to do? And it's like, well, the entire point of being angry at the Golden State decision was us basketball fans telling Kevin Durant, hey, we think your value is higher than this. We think you can be one of the best players of all time. You can be in the GOAT conversation. Go out there, win a championship with Russell Westbrook, or hell, go to the Celtics at that point with Isaiah Thomas, and then hopefully maybe trade for Kyrie, and then maybe that, you, I mean, that would have been good, or there are so many other options for Kevin Durant, so that's why we were angry, not only did he say the next two seasons aren't going to matter in the NBA, he said, I'm satisfied with not reaching my full potential as a player, legacy-wise, is that okay, is that his decision, is that his right, is this his business and his life, hell yeah, however, his business and his life is as a professional athlete is to get paid a lot of money only because people have interest in the league. That's the only reason he's allowed to play basketball for a living. So do I feel bad for Kevin Durant's feelings when he when he says he's going to Golden State and then everyone says, hey, Kevin, you didn't reach your full potential and we kind of are a pretty disappointed in you and we think this is a pretty weak move and 
then he leaves and he doesn't win on his own and there is some you know criticism that comes with that yeah i think all of that is fair considering his life situation and everything else that comes with being a professional athlete and especially that comes with being a guy like kevin durant so um kind of a tangent there but had to get that off my mind um now i will say kevin durant in this case can at least say hey i got traded there that wasn't uh, i mean like what do you want me to do you know i mean like what do you you want me to do um so um i think it's a little possibility there of that being the case but either way it would not be good optics however i don't think golden state really gives a shit and i don't think i honestly i think okay this is what i think steph cares a little bit actually i think i don't think he did last time I think he does a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I think Steph Curry would be like, all right, cool, let's do it. But deep down, I think he's like, we can low-key win two, three more without him. Because why Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you think that? You won before Kevin Durant. You won after Kevin Durant. Why does? Why do we need him? Now, the the correct answer would, to say, would be to say, because you guys would be instantly awesome and probably win another championship or two, which, yeah, that's a good argument. Um, but I'm just talking for Steph's standpoint. I think if I'm Steph Curry and I just won my first finals MVP and I just won my fourth title, um, I would feel a little... What's the word I'm looking for? I would feel a little... I don't know, hesitant to let somebody kind of take my shine while I'm just at the peak of my powers. Um, but again, that's kind of what Steph Curry's known for. You know, I mean, he was at the peak of his powers before Kevin Durant came. Um, so, Steph Curry's the greatest teammate of all time. He would be okay with this. I'm just, this is a crazy idea. That's really what we're getting at, is this idea is insane, and it would break, it would shatter the internet. Um, I will say, I, this Warriors team would not be this unbeatable monster that they were before. They would not. I don't care what anybody says, but Kevin Durant on the Warriors before was insane because you just had the Warriors coming off a 73-9 season where, yeah, sure, they didn't win the title, but it was because LeBron James put on the greatest performance of his goddamn life, and and they were also injury-riddled, and there was things that happened to make them not win the championship, you know, but, and then, you know, Clay Thompson was in his prime of his career offensively and defensively. Draymond Green was in the prime of his career offensively and defensively. Steph Curry was just won a unanimous MVP. I mean, and they were all in their primes, you know, age-wise. Now, I mean, Draymond has slipped off a little bit. He's a little bit more consistent. He still brings the same level of mental value and team chemistry value, um, but his on-court production just is not the same as what it was defensively and offensively. Um, does he still bring value? Yes. But Clay Thompson clearly is not the same. Not to any part of, not to discredit Clay Thompson at all, because if you have two major, major leg injuries, I think on both legs, if I'm correct, um, the fact that you're still not one, just like able to walk, but the fact that you're in the NBA and you're still a successful guy who can start and, you know, have 33 point games in the postseason, that is, is a success to me. Um, however, in the context of, do we think that the Warriors would be unbeatable? No, because Clay's not the same. Draymond's not the same. Curry is the same, and I think in, in ways a little bit better right now. But eventually, that's going to slip off for him. Eventually, and I mean, you saw Curry for a majority of the regular season. Actually, his numbers dipped. You know, so I just I just don't think 
the consistency of these guys can be the same. However, it's, again, very LeBron-esque with them nowadays, where they pick and choose their spots, and they dominate in those spots, and that's how they're a four-time champion. Um, so, Kevin Durant being added to a four-time champion, with two of them being, you know, him being the finals MVP, it'd be great. I mean, it'd be great for him, uh, and they would be great. I just don't think that they would... It would ruin the league as much as people think it would. I don't think it would. Um, I think it would be great, and I think it'd be fun to watch. Um, and they probably win. Like, they'd probably win the title. They would be the favorites, clearly. They would be the favorites. They just won the title, and they'd, and they'd have Kevin Durant. They'd be the clear favorites. However, again, I would not be as scared about this team compared to the 2017 team, where it was like, okay, well, game, season over. Uh, and then it was. And then they, w- they won, I think, 65 games, 67. It's one of those two. I think they won 67 games. Like, people don't understand how much 67... That's six wins away from the fucking record. 73 and 9, and then 67. That's... that. I mean, they won, they won 73 and 9, then go 67 and... What is that, 19? I don't know. Um, I don't know numbers. Um, you know. And I just think it would be a little different. Um... So yeah, um, that's my take on the whole Kevin Durant situation. Um, is there another one that I miss? Oh, the Heat! I miss the Heat. Okay, gonna be honest though, I don't think the Heat get that deal done. Um, I know they've been the most aggressive. I don't know who they're offering. I don't know what picks they're offering. I don't know how that works, um, to be honest. Um, so these are the only teams that I see with a real trade package, and I just want to see Kevin Durant get traded, and I really want to see Kyrie go to the Lakers, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I, uh, I'm glad I'm going to try to start making some videos again. I am outside, if you have noticed. I don't know if you can notice on the microphone or not, but I am outside. I think I might start doing a lot of my videos out here. So, um, yeah, good to be back. Took a little small hiatus like I always do. <laughs> and I will, um, I guess, see you guys whenever Kevin Durant gets traded. Right? So, peace.